Let's cut through the mainstream financial advice out there. This is your quick financial tip from your rich uncle. So a lot of our listeners are like the financial hacker types. Yeah. So what's the best strategic way of gaming the system here? Are they supposed <laughs> to spend down their parents' assets and, you know, what's, what are the strategies that work here? In terms of long-term care? Right. Is there, do you have to show low income to get Medicare or is that even a part of it? For, well, so for Medicare itself, you don't have to have low income. You just qualify at age 65 and there are premiums that you pay for the insurance. You also have FICA taxes during your working years that you use to pay for some of those premiums for Medicare. But when it comes to Medicaid and the long-term care piece, yes, you are going to, they're going to be looking at your tax returns. They're going to look at your bank accounts. And so typically if you plan with an estate planning attorney prior to the need for long-term care, then that attorney can help you with hanging on to those assets in the best and most legal ways so that you can achieve the spend down without probably having to bankrupt everyone involved. But you would need to be getting ahead of that and doing that as a long-term care plan before that is needed. And I think what we'll do is we'll put the, some of the notes for that in our tax section, simplepassivecashflow.com slash tax on how to do that. But let's get back to the subject, which is Medicare, right? Because the Medicaid is, sounds like that's income or, or assets specific, but Medicare is the one when I'm gaining, that's the reason why this country is going bankrupt because we paid <laughs> these entitlements. Yes, both Social Security and Medicare are a huge drain on the national budget, but of course they're very necessary programs. Before they came into existence, we had people that would work into their 80s trying to maintain health care and put food on the table. And once Social Security and Medicare were created, we eliminated a lot of the poverty that existed for people that were over 65. And so they're very beloved programs for those reasons, yet they are dealing with healthcare costs, which inflate on the Medicare side. And so there is concern that within a few years, the trust funds for these will no longer be solvent. And then there are some decisions that we made on a national level. The politicians need to quit kicking the can. We need to deal with the fact that we have baby boomers aging at an alarming rate, and this is going to put a drains on the cost of the system. And so we'll either have to raise the eligibility age or change some of the benefits to make sure that as a nation, we can continue to afford them. I mean, that, I'm not a politician or anything. I'm just trying to get by here. Yeah. That's another topic. For, <laughs> yeah. So when somebody turns 65, they go into, I'm assuming it's like a website and is it determined by how much money they have is how much premiums they pay or is it totally based on their health status? A little of both. So when you turn 65, you're eligible for Medicare as long as you have lived continuously in the U.S. for five years. So you can sign up for Medicare Parts A and B. Now, 99% of all people that sign up for Medicare at age 65 don't pay anything for Part A, which is their hospital coverage. And that's because during their working years, as long as they paid FICA taxes for 10 years during their lifetime or are married to someone who did, then they can qualify for the Part A and there's no cost to them at all. So if they go in the hospital, they're not paying a premium to have that hospital coverage. 
the Part B outpatient coverage, though, does have a premium. And for most people, that premium is $135.50 a month. So not a lot, not a huge amount of money compared to what you might spend on insurance younger than 65. However, if you are one of the 5% of people who are in the higher income bracket, like a lot of your listeners here, you can pay more for Part B if you are earning more than 85,000 as an individual filer or 170,000 as a married or joint filer. And so depending on where you fall in, in that income bracket, you could pay considerably more. I think the highest levels for people earning over 500,000 as an individual or 750 as a married couple, and those people will pay approximately $460 a month for the Part B. Yeah, and they can afford it. Don't worry about them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they love that answer. <laughs> yeah. But so this is something I'm looking at this Medicare stuff. Like back then, everybody had, or a lot of people worked at a company for 10, 20, 30 years plus, and they got healthcare for life. Yes. So a lot of this Medi Medicare stuff, a lot of people aren't even using it because you're just using their ex-employers when if they're still in business. It used to be that way, but more and more of those companies are no longer offering that kind of retiree coverage. And some of them changed that midstream. So people might have worked for many years expecting retiree coverage, and then that was either taken away or reduced. So a, a great number of people today that age into Medicare do not have retiree coverage and have to make their own decisions about Medicare. And they have to be aware that Medicare, even though you're paying premiums for that coverage, it works similar to other insurance that you've had when you're younger. As you use the benefits, you have things that you pay for called cost sharing. So if you go in the hospital, you're going to have a deductible. Medicare outpatient coverage only covers 80% of your outpatient needs. So if you have an outpatient surgery or you need dialysis, you need an MRI, any type of outpatient service, Medicare only covers 80% and you have to pay the other 20%. So this is considerably different than 20 years ago when a lot of our retirees were set with retiree coverage for life. A lot of people going into it today don't have that security. And so they do need to learn ahead of time what Medicare is all about, what it costs, what it covers, what it doesn't, and then make a plan for affording that coverage, deciding what type of supplemental coverage they may need so that they don't have to pay that 20% out of pocket and being prepared to go the distance with some decisions that they're going to make on their own about this coverage. Yeah. So a lot of my listeners there, they likely will not have a employee sponsored plan into retirement age. Yeah. And some of what I'm suggesting a lot of them do is take a look at a MediShare or medical share plan, or even mm -hmm. like the government standard. Again, more information at that simple passive cash flow com slash health. Lane is not a lawyer CPA, but the dude did quit his engineering job and now owns thousands of rental properties. Learn more about the secrets of the wealthy. Join our community at thewealthelevator.com slash club. And if you're looking for a longer form podcast, also subscribe to the Wealth Elevator podcast.